We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, what is going on? You know, I say the same thing every single week. It is so corny and boring. So sick of saying it that way. Casual Friday, sponsored by Casey's BlackRock. That's not boring, but Joe Yurt is with me as every Friday. And yeah, you know what, dude? I got to come up with something because starting this podcast every single time you say, hey, what's up? How you doing? Uh, uh, that's so corny. It is corny. I need a catchphrase. I need like, you know, like wrestlers or even like some TV co-hosts, you know, the talk shows like, uh, what was it? Um, the Larry Sanders show. Remember Hank? From that show, oh, yeah. you saw we started. Hey now. Hey now. Something like that. I need something catchy to start this show. Saying it the way I do is just so boring and corny. Anyway, there, what's going like on, a, dude? Is there like a Buffalo phrase for like hello? I don't I don't think there is. I've I never, don't know. never heard one where it's, you know, somebody being like, I can't even make something up on the spot right now. I don't want to like sound like a total <laughs> buffoon about it. I, it's crazy, dude. You know, I'm a lifelong wrestling fan and wrestling is literally filled with catchphrases. And yeah, I just want to, I got to come up with something where right from the start, right? The intro, sometimes if like, even with wrestling, I'll listen to promos. I don't really care what they're saying, but I know they're going to either start it or they're going to end it with that same signature catchphrase each time. And I just, I can't find a catchphrase to save my life. Anyway, dude, what's going on? How are you doing? We'll get you checked into the SmackDown hotel to get some ideas, you know? Like, <laughs> doing good, man. It's, uh, there's a little bite in the air. I'm liking it. Like, we're going to actually have some, like, fall weather. The superior officially fall weather fall, coming. Too. It's, it's yeah. officially fall. I know you're happy. For me, it's like, see you next year, you know, Western New York, summer <laughs> fun-filled activities. Which, I mean, to be fair and honest, I really didn't do shit anyway this summer. So, I came here in July. I... You know, I was trying to get settled in and a lot of million things going on. So I didn't, this summer was kind of a wash for me, but I will admit this, dude. I do like wearing hoodies. Like I, even in Florida, mm-hmm. like I, I've been telling you and I defend summer staunchly and I still will. I, it's still my favorite time of the year just because at least in Buffalo, because there's just so many things that go on, but I do like to wear hoodies all the time in part cover up being fat. So yeah, I could, same. I could get away with it. In Buffalo, you get away with that shit 10 months out of the year. In Florida, not so much, but I would mm-hmm. do it anyway. But since I've been back, like the one thing I've been buying or stocking up on are hoodies because, you know, again, in Florida, really, it's almost kind of crazy to wear hoodies most of the time. But yeah. here it isn't. So that is the one thing. If So if fall is elite, it is elite 
hoodie weather, if nothing else. I'll give you that much. Are you a pullover hoodie guy or a zip yes. up hoodie guy? No, I'm a pullover hoodie guy. I I'm not anti zip though. Like I'll wear something if I I'm trying to think right now. It's not like I have this big collection in my closet of mm. of clothes, but uh, I don't think I have any zip hoodies. I have just regular pullover hoodies, but I maybe I'll change that. I don't know. See, I'm a, I'm a big zip up guy. Like yeah. I like finding a really good zip up hoodie. Like I found one last year at uh, the Carhartt store, I think it was, and like it's my favorite thing to wear. Now I got one at the Puma outlet store, which is hilarious because like Puma, like that's like total 80s sneaker stuff. Mm -hmm. And, but like, it's back, like it's, it's out there. People are enjoying it. Um, but it's also like, I swear to God, it's like Detroit lions blue color. And it was like my favorite of all the ones they had there. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, whatever, it's fine. But now, but it, it'll, it'll look like a knockoff lions sweatshirt because it'd be like, it doesn't look like a lion. It's like, no, it's a Puma. Like it, that's the brand. And they'll be like, nah, it's like some Chinese knockoff sweatshirt. Isn't it? No, it's not. It's not even says Puma I, on the ass. Like, come on. I didn't expect to have Joe Yurden on casual Friday. And this would turn into a wardrobe conversation right off the bat, <laughs> but it has. And that's cool because I do want to ask, <laughs> I, I got to say this. So everybody likes hoodies. I don't, you know, whoever you are, summer, fall, winter guy, it doesn't matter. Everybody likes to put on a comfortable hoodie. Mm -hmm. This is what I am struggling with, Joe. And I know it's my age and just, I think as you get older, and I'm not old, but I'm old enough mm -hmm. to bitch about things. As you get older, you kind of resist change and you like the traditional things that you grew up on and that you're just used to. Sorry. So again, hoodies don't change. Hoodies are always hoodies. Sweatpants. I like to wear some sweatpants, man. But now in today's world, the traditional sweatpants with the, you know, at the ankle where you mm -hmm. got a the big plenty of room that shit's dead. And now it's all about joggers where they're loose on top, but they get really tight in your calves. And then they're, mm -hmm. you know, they hug your ankles. I don't like those, man. And it's hard. It's getting harder and harder and harder to find good old fashioned traditional sweatpants. And I'm not talking like the ugly ass gray sweatpants that Rocky Balboa wears, you know, mm -hmm. when he, when he's training, but just some good right. like Nike or Puma, you know, Whatever, Adidas, these, these sweatpants are getting harder and harder to find the traditional way. And now they're just those joggers. That's what they're called. They just hug your ankles, man. And I'm, God, it's killing me. I don't want to have to get those, but I might have no choice. You know, I, uh, I, I got a pair of joggers. Um, like they're on sale at Dick's or something like that. I was just like, okay, let's see what these are about. Like they, they felt really comfortable, like just feeling the material. I was like, oh man. These are probably really nice to wear. And then I look at like, like you mentioned about like uh, how like around the ankle. Yeah. And I looked at this and I go, this is like wearing a hoodie, but like <laughs> below the waist, the way it just like, you know, I mean, it's, you know, like sweatshirts, they all like tug, you know, like get tight yeah. around your wrists and everything like that. It's the same way with those. And I was like, you know what? I dig it. I dig yeah, it. I like them, but like. I'm not using them to jog. Like there is no jogging no. involved with these jog because mostly because like you said, they fit loose around the waist. I'd be worried these things would be falling down. Like me trying to run. Like I don't, nobody needs to see that. Nobody. <laughs> they're like MC hammer pants from the nineties. You know what I mean? They're really loose up top and then they're really tight on the bottom half. I don't know. I just, I can't get used to the way I look at them. I, I did buy a pair I bought actually. So if you look hard enough, like I went to Marshall's and I kind of got, I guess I would call them hybrids. They're not like traditional looking sweatpants, but they're also not really tight around the ankle joggers either. And I'm all right with those. 
But I did buy a pair of joggers. I went to Marshall's, got a pair pretty cheap, and, and I put them out in front of my son. And he instantly laughed at me. <laughs> I said I, I looked ridiculous. So I don't know, man. But anyway, all right. So. Listen, plenty of bills, plenty of, especially Sabres, training camp started. We're obviously going to talk about that today. We're going to do our, our weekly uh, starting five draft this week. We are doing Marvel Universe characters from the movies, not from cartoons, because that's a whole other, you know, entity that we'd be getting mm-hmm. into that, quite frankly, really, I don't know anything about the cartoons anyway. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the bills, but I do want to say this. So last week, and we talked about this a little bit. The Bills recently announced and the Sabres that you had to be fully vaccinated to get in mm-hmm. and that they were and they ended up having refunds for people who didn't for season ticket holders who didn't want to keep their tickets. And I think I saw the number 762 season ticket holders ended mm-hmm. up uh, requesting a refund. Is that about where you expect it? It's kind of I mean, if you do the math, I don't know what do they got, like 40,000, maybe season tickets, some, something like that. That's that's not 762 sounds like a lot and it's not nothing. It's mm-hmm. not that big of a number either. Like, are you a little bit surprised that when when you when you found out what the number is? Uh, I, I was a little surprised, but I, I think it was more in the sense that, and this is just how our view is funneled through seeing stuff on social media, whether it's Facebook or you know, especially the team the team Facebook pages or uh, the the replies on Twitter. But like, you would have thought it would have been thousands. The way yeah. the way the the yelling and the screaming and it's just my freedom, like just okay, like well, do you want to watch your football team or not? Like that's what it comes down to. Like, and if you're a season ticket holder and you're just like, you can't tell me to get a shot, take my tickets away. Like, it's like I don't know what point you're proving because there's thousands of people waiting behind you on the on the wait list to get the tickets, and so like you're making like that's 762 people that made somebody else's day week forever because now they get to be on the list yeah. and now they get to get the season tickets and now it's like screw you pal you're back to the back of the line like all right i don't feel bad about that but, but like with it only being 762 i don't know like it sounds about right because really the these policies really serve as like a as like a way to kind of call people's bluff like how hard are you going to go in on this right you know to, to yell and scream that you know about everything and also be unhealthy. <laughs> like how hard are you going to, are, are you going to go with this? And 760 people. Yeah. Sounds about right. Like that, that, that sounds about right. But like, I don't know, man, I, I, I'm just picturing a, a lot of other people just very begrudgingly just being like, fine, I'll get the shot. I got to go see the bills. I got to go watch the bills. I spent all the money on this, on this team, blah, blah, blah. Like, like the shots free. The shot doesn't cost you thousands of dollars. These tickets do like, just get it done. Like, just get it done and be, be over it. You know, just so stupid. It's, it's, it's more to me about, well, two things. Number one, the hill that people are willing to die on. There are, they, you're right. Like the bluff has been called, but there are some people out there that will die on this hill and they're, and they are literally doing it uh, right now. And then it just, it does, it just promotes ugliness. Like I've noticed like on Facebook, like the marketplace, there's mm-hmm. a lot more bills, tickets for sale. And when you look at the comments, it's all ends up being vaccinated related. And Mm -hmm. then people who don't even know each other start fighting. But yeah, man, that whole dying on the hill thing. I'll tell you a real quick story here. And I'm not going to name a name, but I do have a friend and I'm not doing this to embarrass anybody. I'm, uh, I'm saying this just to tell you that some people who believe this strongly and not getting vaccinated, a hill that they're willing to die on 
So this was like early spring. My son went to uh, Clarion University for the spring game. And at the time, my, my, my son was planning on going there to play football before some physical things came up with him in the last couple months and a couple other things. Ultimately, he's not going to play there anymore. But here was my point. He got vaccinated. He was only 18 years old. He got vaccinated. I got vaccinated because it was already anticipated that you ain't stepping on that college campus if you're not vaccinated. You're not playing football if you're not vaccinated. And fans weren't going to be able to go to the games if you weren't vaccinated. So I'm like, whether I, I wanted to be vaccinated or not, which I did for the record, so we're clear. Mm-hmm. I still would do it anyway because I'm not going to not watch my son play college fucking football because I refuse to get a needle stuck in my arm, whether I agree with, you know, the way things are or not. So I'm having a conversation with, with, with a friend and a good friend of mine who is completely on the other opposite side. And, you know, you're being forced and yada, yada. Long story short, this dude tells me that if it was him and it was his kid going to college and playing football, it's, you know, going to college in itself is an accomplishment and not everybody does that. Mm-hmm. Playing college football at a D1 or D2 level is even more rare. And he told me with a straight face, he was not joking that if it was his son, he would not let him get vaccinated, even if it meant him not going to college and not playing college football. Isn't that, and again, in all due respect to the guy, because we all have our opinions and we're all entitled to him, but isn't that an absolutely insane hill to want to die on? It's also insane to to say that you're going to have control over your adult child's sure. life like that to say like no screw you you can't you can't go do what you want to do because i because i believe so strongly in something i'm not going to allow you to do to live your life like right. like uh, honestly what the fuck dude like that's yeah. that's ridiculous to me and like if if i'm the kid in that spot I got to put dad on the back burner for a while and be like, all right, sorry, old man. Like <laughs> right. we ain't yeah. talking for a long time. If, if this is going to be the case, if anything, yeah. it should be the other way, Joe. It's like, if the kid doesn't want to get vaccinated as a parent, I'll be like, listen, you ain't smart enough to think about your future and what you're throwing away because mm-hmm. you won't get a shot. You're getting the shot, whether you want to or not. So if anything, my parenting would be on the other side of the fence. Instead oh, yeah. of saying you're not getting it. I'd be like, no, you are getting it. You're going to not, not play college football or not go to college because you refuse to get a vaccination regardless of how you feel about it, man. I mean, especially when you got, if you got like a a scholarship or a grant, you know, to to, to go to school to do this and you're going to be like, no, you don't get your, you don't get your vaccination. You're not going to go to college. Like what? Like, did you, did you prevent the kid from getting like the, uh, you have to get like a meningitis vax before you even go to college because that will kill students immediately. If that starts running wild through it, through a campus. But like you can't go to school, like you can't live on campus, you can't do anything in in college without getting that. So it's like, are you going to refuse them that one too? Like, you know, it's just it's being so weird about all of this and just saying like, and just like just being a jackass about it, really. And you know, I it's it's a tired conversation to have, but it's one we have to keep having because people are so goddamn stupid about everything. It is, and. uh I think to some extent, to your point that you made earlier, which I agree with hundred percent, it's people who are thinking that it's a bluff. You know, the, they might say you ain't coming to the games mm-hmm. or they might say you're not going to our school and you're not going to college if you don't get your shots, but ultimately they're going to, they're going to pull back and th- that they're bluffing. But as we're seeing now with the bills, with the Sabres, with other teams as well and other organizations, and I think you're going to see more of it 
They're not bluffing, bro. They're not bluffing. They're go- you're going to get vaccinated or you're not going into our private business. Because at the end of the day, this is a private business. This is not mm-hmm. a government. This isn't your constitutional right to go watch the Bills play Washington on Sunday at uh, Highmark Stadium. You know what I mean? It's not your constitutional right to do it. Right. Follow the rules, follow the protocols, or watch the shit on television. It's as simple as yeah. that. But yeah, you're you're right about one thing, Joe. I mean, it is a conversation that is tired and, and it's exhausting. It's not in my notes. I had one sentence dedicated to this, but that's the way it goes when you start to bring this stuff up because it's, mm-hmm. like you said, and you're right, a conversation that needs to be had. I do want to mention, when it comes to actual Buffalo Bills talker, I just want to mention one player. We're not going to talk about the game against Miami. That shit's old news. They dominated. It was awesome. It was fun to watch. Great. I want to mention one player specifically, though, because there's lots of love going around for guys like uh, Teron Johnson, lots of love for Gregory Rizzo, who's looking like a really good rookie. Mm-hmm. Very well-deserved, too. I'm not taking anything away from them. Uh, you know, Josh and Stefan Diggs, are, they're constantly being discussed because they're the big names on this football team. But I want to talk about one dude specifically, and that guy's Matt Milano. I think this guy, to me, I think he's emerging as one of the best linebackers in the NFL, man. Because the guy could do it all, right? He could. He gets after the quarterback. We saw that Sunday. He was mm-hmm. constantly in the backfield. Uh, he covers tight ends out of the backfield better than most linebackers. He's good against the run. He tackles well. He makes some big hits. We saw that against Pittsburgh. He knocked a couple clocks in the open field. He causes turnovers. He's around the football, man. The only issue is, can this guy stay healthy for 16 games? He's only six feet tall, about 230 pounds or so. Pretty small by linebacker Sanders. And he's had some injury issues. But man, when this dude is healthy and he's out there, to me, I mean, I don't want to say he's better than Josh because Josh Allen's still the best player on this team. When Josh is right, he hasn't been Mm -hmm. right quite yet. But I think Matt Milano might be the second best football player on this entire team. That's how good I think this guy is, man. What are your thoughts on him? I mean, that's a bold take. Yeah. That's that's a that's a really bold take to say he's the second best player, but I'm I've been impressed by him, like just kind of climbing the ladder with the yeah. Bills because I don't think there was anything much to him when they brought him in because again he, you're you're right he was just like like six foot he's you know whatever he's not not an imposing linebacker he you know he did you know his his BC career was fine like it you know it wasn't anything where you're just kind of like whoa this this guy's got to be something but like he's he's found a way to just kind of emerge with, with Buffalo. And I, I think a big part of that is because the Buffalo linebacking core hasn't been that great for, mm-hmm. for a while. Like, um, you know, Jerry Hughes was kind of like a half and half, you know, cause he was an edge rusher, but then sometimes he's dropping back into coverage. Like he, he was the guy who was athletic enough to be able to do it. And Milano's instead, he's, he's a do it all guy. It re- reminds me a little bit. And Bill's fans will probably hate the comparison, but it reminds me a little bit of Teddy Bruschi from the Patriots where uh, Bruce was a big hitter, but like that dude was athletic as hell. And like, he could get out in coverage. He could cover tight ends. You know, NFL is different now compared to when he was playing, which is sure. crazy to say, because it's not that long ago, but, um, but Milano's really adapted well, and they've found ways to work him into their defensive schemes to really make it work out well with him. And that's, that's honestly really impressive because, and really, you know, Milano was happy to resign in Buffalo and he kind of took like a little bit of a hometown discount to do it. But honestly, why change when things are going so well here and the team's already like team's borderline Super Bowl team? Like why? There's no reason to leave. But, you know, that's what that was one case for him where I, I don't think, you know, uh, the other side of the fence had greener pastures for him. Like that was just one where it was like, no, it's really good here. I've got it going great. Let me just stick here and keep going. Yeah. And. 
the fact that he signed before free agency even started uh, kind of uh, lends credibility to your point, which another one that I do agree with. This was a great fit for him here. Buffalo's a great fit. Mm-hmm. I think his defense is clearly better when he's in the lineup. I think we saw some of that last year when he wasn't healthy, and now he's healthy right at the beginning of the year. And again, I mean, they, they're one and one, but that defensive effort against Pittsburgh for the most part was really, really good, minus mm-hmm. maybe two drives later in the second half. But again, Milano was at the center of a lot of it. And on a game or on a day last Sunday against Miami where there were tons of great Bills players that dominated. I mean, we could be mm-hmm. spending an hour talking about them. Just Milano stands out to me the most. You know, and I know a lot of people take shots at Tremaine Edmonds. A lot of people think he's overrated. And it's not really his fault that he got selected to the Pro Bowl. I don't think he's quite a Pro Bowl player right now. But my point is, and again, this isn't um, this isn't an indictment against Tremaine Edmonds. It's more of me just saying how good I think Milano was. I think Matt Milano was clearly a better linebacker than Tremaine Edmonds. I, and that's, I mean, I, I get where you're coming from there. I think the first two games, Edmonds has been really good. I mean, he's yeah. not, he's not getting the, he's not getting the picks or he's not getting the sacks or whatever, but like he's patrolling that, that middle ground secondary, like, like nasty, like nasty man. Like you're not, you're not trying to run patterns near him. You're not trying to run the ball near him because why deal with that? Like, like that guy, he plays like a, a mean kind of game now. Like, I think you could say like last year he was off. He was definitely off last year. Yeah, he was. He wasn't. He wasn't one hundred percent healthy for a lot of last year. Mm-hmm. But I uh, mean, I don't know, yeah. man. Like, if Edmonds hits his peak and you got Milano playing like this, you don't have to worry about linebackers. Like, you don't. Nope. You just don't. You like. And if Rousseau continues to be really good on the edge, I mean, you know, Jerry Hughes is fine. Like I mean, he's he's kind of getting into that. Uh, uh, he's kind of getting into that veteran spot now, where it's kind of like you feel good for him when he does good stuff. You know, he's he's knocked off all the personal foul stuff, so you, you, you're fine with that. But yeah, man, he's still productive. He's still productive. Yeah, no, he's, I'm not saying he's bad. I'm not saying he's like he, he's lost a right. step or anything like that. But like they don't need to rely on him so hard to get things done because you just don't have to because they've got the other guys that can get it done. Tremaine Edmonds, to me, reminds me, and I'm not talking about the way he looks or the way he plays because they're different types of skill sets, mm-hmm. but he reminds me a lot of London Fletcher. London Fletcher never mm-hmm. racked up sacks and interceptions and forced fumbles and fumble recoveries, but he was a tackling machine and he was around the ball. That's kind of what I see in Tremaine Edmonds, whereas, to me, Matt Milano is he's just that impactful playmaker. Like there, You could be a good football player without necessarily being a playmaker. Mm-hmm. I think Matt Milano is a playmaker. He's the guy who will force that fumble or he is in the right place at the right time for it for an interception where I don't really yeah. see much of that with Jermaine Edmonds which again I'm not really this isn't a, a spiel about me knocking Jermaine Edmonds it's just more telling you how much I think of uh Matt Milano and he's up to upcoming two games Joe so they got Washington mm-hmm. with no fits um and then Houston and in two Houston, weeks Houston with, with no tie rod, tie rod. It's, it's a miss well I mean don't get me wrong the Bills have played fits plenty over the last handful of years. So they've seen plenty of him in, in another uniform. Would have been nice to see Tyrod in a Houston uniform. Yeah. Plus he played really, really well these first the first yeah. game and a half before unfortunately he got hurt. He's just one of those guys, man. He just can't stay healthy. It, it yeah. sucks. But anyway, these to me are two very winnable games. And I'm not taking nothing away from Washington because they are a dangerous football team and a really good front four on defense. Mm-hmm. They can run the football. They got some weapons on offense. Um, this is anything but a, a gimme game. So to speak, Taylor Henneke at quarterback, he's all right. 
He can make some plays, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, they should win the game. They're yeah. at home. And then Houston, come on. I mean, you don't lose to Houston. Yeah. If you're thinking about being a contender, you just not, ain't losing at home to Houston. No. Anyway, two variable winnable games. And you kind of agree with me here. It's critical that they get the three and one. Because after that, yeah. back-to-back road primetime games against at Kansas City and at Tennessee, they hit that before their bye after week six. They need to get the three and one right now. I think there's some pressure on them. What do you think? Yeah. I te- I mean, Tennessee hasn't impressed me at all the first couple weeks. Like you you were calling them out before the season saying like these guys might They're be top taken. heavy. Their stars are they're a top heavy team with yeah. not a lot of depth to them. But yeah. But the uh I, they should be three and one after after yeah. the next couple of games. They should be. The way it doesn't happen is if they didn't learn any lessons from the Pittsburgh game and how to defend or and how to protect the line. Because if right. they're if they like if Chase Young and those guys start getting free, forget it. Like you know, there was there was some stuff that I think uh, I think Joe Biscaglia like was pointing out about uh, how Allen was not getting properly set and there was it was you know throwing off his his passes and it was causing issues because I think all of his passes went to the left side of the field the last mm-hmm. game and which is it's weird like right. Because defenses will cue in on that and just be like, "Oh, he's going to throw to the left side." Well, guess what? <laughs> guess guess what? We're going to like have a guy hawking back in the zone and just waiting to just jam up or pick it off. Like that makes the job way easier. But but if he can't, like if he's got the jitters, like if he's got happy feet or something like that, I don't know, man. Like that's it's a little scary with a, with a team like Washington that's got those guys that can hammer the quarterback. And Chase Young's as good as it gets as a young player. Jesus, man. He's, man, right he's up there so already, good. Man. He's yeah. he's incredible. Like and he's just a freaking beast, man. He's so good. But like but if they don't learn any of those lessons from that Steelers game, man, that could be that could be a really rough afternoon. Uh, being at home or not, it doesn't matter. Like the, the Steelers showed it didn't matter that Buffalo was at home. Washington's front four can can can, can get in the backfield continually. Not going to be happy times. At least then you you might you might say let's run the ball a little bit more early just to make them respect it. And get your line going, get you know, get the get the line involved in more stuff instead of just getting back try, you know, just getting back set for pass blocking. But I don't know, man. Like that's it's a little scary. And like the Washington secondary is not terrible either. Like that's they got a it's a decent defense. Like, I know you're a big fan of their defense, but it's the front four that runs it runs the show for them. Well, I I mean, we did our season bold predictions a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I said they were gonna end up being the number two seed in the entire NFC. So yeah, I, I do think highly of this roster. But not having the quarterback obviously is, is is a very big deal. I think this is this feels to me like the week where we're gonna see Josh Allen play like we expect him to play. I think the first two weeks, I would say he's been not quite frankly kind of mediocre. You know, mm-hmm. he's been all right. He's made certainly you know the saying twenty nineteen Josh Allen is uh, I think it's fair. Because mm-hmm. he's made some really good plays. Like you go to the Miami game, and he made a couple fantastic plays. He avoided the sack when Diggs fell in the end zone and threw it across his body. He's one of only maybe two or three quarterbacks who could do that. He uh, he threaded the needle on a nice 35-yard pass to Emmanuel Sanders. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, nice touchdown pass to Dawson Knox. Put it nice and low where only he could get it. So he has his moments, but he's also been inaccurate. He hasn't been very good on the deep ball. He's been forcing mm-hmm. some passes. Quite fr- he got picked off once in Miami. Quite frankly, Should have or a couple that were dropped. Times. Yeah, Maybe so Howard I mean, dropped an easy right. one. So I, I, I think it's a, and I know Bills fans are touchy about it, and I understand why. But it's a fair criticism to say 
I like Josh Allen, and I do like Josh. I love Josh Allen. I do think he's a legitimate franchise quarterback. That ain't changed. I think he's one of maybe top five quarterbacks in the NFL. That ain't changed either. But it's fair to say he ain't playing very good right now. And this Mm -hmm. feels like the week where this should be a a good game for him. Yeah, and it's almost blasphemous to say he hasn't played well because you'll get – You'll get crazy people in your mentions just being like, oh, he's doing this right. He's doing it. He's our guy. Like, leave him alone. Like, like relax. You can be critical without without being, right. you know, being a hater. Like, it's, it's not Absolutely. everything's a hater if you're just pointing out faults. Like, it's the way it is. But to say, if you came away from the first two games and said, man, Allen's playing great, you're nuts. Like, because he did not play great against the Steelers. I mean, it's it's obvious. Dolphins game. People were impressed that the fans were not happy with, even though it was a 35 nothing win, people are just like, wow, we're unhappy with a 35 nothing win. It was just kind of like, well, the defense was dominant. Like, the defense ran the show that day and shortened up the field, honestly, for, for the Bills' offense. Weren't the you, pissed off, really at it? Weren't you pissed off at halftime last Sunday? Were you a little bit pissed off? Because, well, I don't want to say pissed off, but put it this way. It was 14 nothing at the half, and, if, and I wasn't very happy. It felt like it should be 28-0 already because the defense was just absolutely crushing mm-hmm. Jacoby Brissett and Tua. And then but the offense drive right before the half where you're just kind of like, shit, here we go again. Right. You're going to get a touchdown before the half and the momentum's going to carry over. And then, uh-oh, like then you got to right. worry. But they, that didn't happen. You know, right. a classic Ben don't break game for him. Right. Now, if you want to take the fan side who defend Josh Allen unconditionally, you might, you could say, well, okay, but let's not overreact. Okay. He's yeah. going to be fine. It's fair right. to say that. I, cause I, and I also agree with it, mm-hmm. but I don't take the stance that he's above criticism right now because the bills won 35, nothing. He yeah. did not play very well. Even in that Miami game, he, he, he didn't play well. Mm-hmm. Just my take. Yeah. He, and he got a lot of, he got a lot of A-Rod yards in the later part of that game too. You know, a couple of nice juicy passes and yeah, hey, cool. Suddenly the, the stat, the, the, the passing numbers don't look so bad. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
All right, I'm back with Joe Yurden, who just came up with a very solid and well-placed A-Rod reference there on Josh Allen's <laughs> stats, because you know how I feel about A-Rod and his empty stats. Let's turn our attention to the Sabres, who are starting camp this week. In fact, they already have, uh, you know, but before we get into anything, should I play like a little in-memoriam soft music tribute to like Sam Reinhardt and, and Olmark and Rissalainen and... I'm sure at some point, Jack, I mean, we could preemptively include him in this. Anyway. Yeah. Like some like, you know, like some Sarah McLaughlin, I will yeah. remember you <laughs> kind of stuff, because this is a very, very different team that we're mm-hmm. uh, seeing take the ice this week. Let's start with Jack. I, we look, have every to. week we have to. And every <laughs> we week it's always to. about what's the latest. I ask Joe every week, what's the latest? What have you heard? What are you feeling when it comes to Jack being traded? Where do you think he's going to end up? What, what kind of, you know, uh, return are, do you think we're looking at? Today, man, Kevin Adams takes the mic, all right, for the press conference on Thursday morning. And Jack Eichel has his captaincy, I'll get that word right, publicly taken away from him on the podium during a a presser. Let me get your thoughts on that. Look, him not being captain anymore, that that shouldn't really be news, so to speak. I think we all know Jack's not playing another game for the Sabres, but Mm -hmm. is that the way you do it, man? What were your thoughts on that? I got to ask you that. I, you're right. It was assumed. Like you, there's, I mean, anybody who was holding out hope that he like, they would patch things up and like, yeah, he'll play for the Sabres again. He'll be back. Like, I don't know what fantasy land you were living in. I, I don't know. Like that's that, that to me, that's not even fantasy land. That's crazy town. Like you're just, you, you were just, you were out to lunch without a pail with that one because there was no way it was going to happen. So I think, right. it was, I think most everybody just assumed, like there's no, he can't be the captain. Like he's not, he's not going to play for him. Like he's not even going to be a camp. Like he can't be a camp. He's he's friggin' broken. His next his next you know in a bad way. But to make a show of it is petty. Yeah. Like to make a demonstration like that and just you know turn it into like a thing. He it didn't matter what he said the rest of the like the rest of the time, which he did say a lot of other stuff where you're just like, what the hell, man. But to make a big deal out of that, where it was, it, again, everybody assumes it. But now you've made it the story. And it's it's like the Twitter thing. You never want to be the star of Twitter for the day. Like, that's that's always the goal. Like, if you get on Twitter, you never want to be the guy that all of Twitter is pointing at and going like, hey, that guy screwed up. Sabres are playing that role in the NHL world constantly. Like, where it's kind of like, boy, what now? What next? And like they could, like the easiest thing to do is, you know, somebody asks like, what are you gonna do about the captaincy? What's up with that? You can PR that in a way that it doesn't get you killed and it doesn't throw Jack into the fire for, for everything that's going on. Instead, they, instead they chose violence. They chose, no, (laughs) he's not the captain. He, you know, uh, we're not trade. Like we're, you know, we're going to get what we want in a trade. We're not going to let him have his surgery. I mean, it's, to be fair to Adams, this is what he said all along. Like he has not wavered in that at all. Which I, hey, listen, I can I can respect that. You're sticking to your guns, sure. But at the same point, you're the GM of a losing franchise that's not been in the playoffs for ten years, going on eleven, probably twelve, maybe even thirteen, and you're drawing a hard hard ass line and being a dick to the best player that's been on your team in the last five, you know, the last five six years, and it's petulant. Like, and I'm not here to say that Jack's a saint. He is not a saint. There is, I'm not going to say that. 
this whole argument has been wild from the get go. And, you know, when Jack made his point clear, he's like, hey, listen, it, it's, you know, it's my body. I, I should be able to do to get the surgery I want. But I mean, it, it's it's all so much. It is just all so much. And I feel weird even quoting like horse ebooks saying that. But it, everything is so much with this. But like, man, oh, man, you don't have to make a big deal. out. You don't have to like put the head on a pike out front and say like, that's it. It's done. We know it's done. Like he we know he's not playing like, you know, poor Don Granado's got to come out there and say like, hey, how do you get how you got to handle this? And he's like, yeah, we got some issues at center. Like it's going to be a little it's going to be a little tight this year at center. We don't know because somebody asked him, you know, who's the number one center? And he's like, I, I don't want to put labels on that. I was like, you don't have a number one center. First yeah. of all, you don't have right. a number, your number one center wants out of the franchise completely and wants to get his neck worked on. But like to put up, you know, putting him in that spot sucks because he's just trying to he's just trying to coach a team. Just let him let him do his thing. And Adams, man, like holding the line on this and, and trying to make a trade with him. And I get it. Like you need to come away the winner of that or as close to a winner as you can because you ain't gonna win the trade. And you're definitely not going to win it now. Like the more that you haggle about, the more you haggle about the neck thing, the longer it's keeping him off the ice, keeping him away. And then you're basically throwing it on whoever acquires him to have to put up with him getting the getting whatever surgery he gets done, and then waiting for him to get ready. And then who knows when he's going to play? Like you're throwing it all onto the the back of the team that's acquiring him. I'm like, if you're going to get the four first or like, you know, the, the two top prospects and like two first for, for Jack, the way you want, nobody's going to give you that now. Like you've, you've made a public disgrace of the guy that you're trying to trade and his next friggin' broke. Like, I don't, I don't know how you get to hold the line on that and say like, no, we, our price is the only price. That's it. You, you can't do it now. You cannot do it because you've made a complete fiasco out of this whole thing. I just, you know, all right. So I want to switch sports quickly here because it ties into what I'm getting at. Ben Simmons from the 76ers. Mm. There's a report this week. He's done. He doesn't want to be in Philly. And I, I heard a couple of people on TV talking about not a good play because by him coming out and saying that teams around the league know that he wants out, that he's not going to play for Philly again. And that kind of diminishes the ability for Philly to fetch more in a trade. Now, when it comes to the Sabres with Jack, the day this started coming out months ago, mm-hmm. my first thought was, all right, this is a, a a guy on a team, a franchise center. He wants out. The Sabres don't want him either. And Kevin Adams has made that very clear. Mm-hmm. And my first thought is this, they're going to be, and I'm talking about months ago, bro. They were going to be lucky to get 75 cents on a dollar. And this was a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Now, months later, a lot of teams, and I, I don't know specific players in, in teams, but I know some teams that were in the mix for Eichel are almost certainly, if not completely certainly, out of it because they've done other things with their mm-hmm. cap. You know, so they're out. And then you see stuff like this today, and, and we're taping this on Thursday. As I'm listening to Kevin Adams, I'm like, forget 80 cents, 75 cents. They're going to be lucky to get 45 cents on a dollar. What are mm-hmm. you going to do? Just let the guy sit there and rot? I, I yeah. just, I, I don't get it. I don't see any scenario where they get a good value or return for what they should get for Jack Uncle right now because the neck and the PR and mm-hmm. all this stuff. What a fucking mess this is, man. Yeah. It's unbelievable for me to sit here and try to comprehend how bad they have butchered this. It's it yeah. just it's mind-blowing to me. 
and the the part of all this, and this is my wild theory, which may or may not be that wild, but this all goes back to O'Reilly and what they were able to get for him in return. Yeah. And they've made it they've made it very clear that we're going to get the what we demand for Jack this time. And you do that because you got absolutely crushed with a bad trade three years ago. Yeah, three years ago now. Like <laughs> it's not that long ago. I mean, it's a GM and it's a d- different GM and two coaches ago. But like, yeah, I mean, it, it it's it's just so fresh in the mind because the Sabers got killed so bad for that. And I can't help but think all of this stuff is coming from over Adams's head. Like Adams is not doing this, is not sounding off like this on his own. Like maybe he is. You know, maybe maybe forty percent of this is him just being like so fed up and done with this. But it's ownership, man. Like people hate to point at the ownership because the bills are so good and they they nothing they can do is wrong. But oh my god, like the ownership forced that O'Reilly deal. I'll go to my grave believing that. Like there's no way I, Jason Bottrell made a ton of other bad moves. Don't get me wrong, but there's no way he's settling for that deal if ownership isn't like we're not paying O'Reilly the bonus on July first. He's got to be gone. Like that's that. And with Eichel, it's, it's so much bad blood now. Like it, it, the bad blood has been there since basically the, the end of the season press conference with him. Like that, that's, that's been there. It's probably been there even before that. Uh, and considering what he said about, you know, how he, how he's intimated, how he feels about Sabres doctors probably been that way for a while now. But I mean, the fact that you're just doing this and it's like, you're acting like this and you're expecting you're going to get what you want out of this trade and you're you're being forced to hold that line it ain't happening it's a pipe dream now you're not going to he's Adams will never get what he wants what he's wanted for that for for Jack from the get go and ownership's going to be like oh geez we got killed on this trade too i can't believe it it's like well you, you friggin' did it like you guys have what, made the mess at what point do they need to back down though at what point does Kevin Adams finally say you know what? I'm just, I'm not going to get what I expect to. The fans are going to beat the shit out of me in the public. The media is going to rip my ass a new one. At what point though, does he have to bend? Because again, you literally the only other alternative is to sit there and let Jack Eichel just rot away for this year, next year, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And then he loses some leverage if he doesn't trade him now, because now Jack has a say in where he'll go at some point. At what point does Kevin Adams clause kicks in next year? Like in yeah, July. When, when is Kevin Adams? At what point do you expect him to? Because if we're waiting for equal value, it ain't going to happen. And I think we mm-hmm. both agree on that. And most fans do as well. At what point does Kevin Adams just say, you know what? Fuck it, man. I, I'm going to let me let me take my beating in the in, in the media and you know with fans and and just get rid of this guy right now. We have to do it. Is that coming I, soon? I I I have to believe it happened once his physical was done on Wednesday. Like at that point, you know what the extent is. And Adams even said, said this morning, it needs surgery. Like their stand all the whole time was like, no rehab and rest and like work through it. You can get, you know, it's a herniated disc in your neck, which sucks and it hurts and it's bad. But they said, no rehab rest, you know, just, you know, stay on top of it because you can do it that way. But now it's so far gone that he needs surgery. Now your price is, is gone. Like what you wanted for him is now gone because now he needs the surgery, whether it's the fusion, whether it's the disc replacement, doesn't matter. He needs it. Your price cannot be for four top, you know, four top piece. You can't get two firsts and two top prospects for him. Now you can't do it. 
No team is going to pay that price, especially because he's got 50 million coming to him. And you don't know what kind of player you're going to get on the other side of that. Whether, you know, and that goes for either surgery. It doesn't matter. Like they've painted themselves into this corner. And instead of paint, they've used a pool filled with piranhas. <laughs> like they've, you know, their, their island hideaway has gone away now. And then now they're just surrounded by bad news. And now they're just stuck. Like, but Adams, he cannot hold that line now. He just, he absolutely can't. It's impossible. Yeah. And if you do, you're never trading him. And if they, you know, hey, listen, if they let him rot, there's a lot of fans that want to see that because they hate Jack for whatever reasons. And yeah, some some justified, some not. But, like, no guy with five years and $50 million left on his contract is just going to sit there and allow himself to be rotted. I, I don't care how much money you're making. He dude wants to play hockey. Like, that's it. Yeah. I, I, I think we're going to look back someday and, and Kevin Adams general manager tenure in Buffalo will be defined by the fact that he didn't trade Jack when he could have gotten even 80 cents on a dollar. Because again, he's going to be lucky to get 35 to 40 cents at this point, which kind of ties into at least indirectly ties into the other big piece. What I think anyway of Sabres news this week, and that's uh Rasmus Dahlin signing for three years, mm-hmm. $18 million. I'm going to tell you what right now, Joe. And if anybody's like, well, he should have signed and got in his security now when he's young. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, me and you could be sitting at my dining room table right now with eight pounds of weed, okay? And Rasmus could be sitting with us, and we could smoke up eight pounds of weed. We could call every dealer in Western New York and get all the weed in Western New York and smoke all that weed. And Rasmus still would not have been high enough that he should have signed a six, seven, eight-year contract with the <laughs> Buffalo Sabres right now. Three years, bridge, $18 million. To me, it is a complete player win, and I don't blame Rasmus one bit. You're sitting there, you're Rasmus Dahlin. I don't care if the Sabres said we'll give you $10 million a year for 10 years, just like Jack. You said that right now today. Rasmus would have to be legitimately fucking crazy if he cares about anything other than money. If he cares mm-hmm. about his career, if he cares about winning, he'd have to be certifiably fucking insane mm-hmm. to sign a long-term deal with the Sabres right now when he's seeing what's going on with this franchise, what's how it's played out with Jack. Sam couldn't get out of here fast enough. Rissolainen, no matter how you feel about him, Kind of the same deal. This team, this organization is a disaster and a mess. And you, and I've heard some fans out there kind of complaining that, hey, you should have signed long. Why? Why would he do that? Yeah. Like, maybe your thoughts are different than mine. But if I'm, if I'm Rasmus Dahlin, this is what I was doing too. To me, this is a victory for him and a loss for the Sabres. I don't know what you think. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a win for Dahlin. Um And not, I mean, like every, every player wants a long-term contract. Like that's, I mean, that, that's, that, that's what you want. You want the security. You want, you want all that. But this contract, it's, it's, it's going to, if they don't get things right in the next three years, it's the Reinhardt situation all over again, mm-hmm. because this contract ends a year before he's eligible to go UFA. Um, his qualifying offer after that last year, it, because the salary in the last year, of the contract is 7.2 million. They have to qualify him at $7.2 million. That's pretty good. Like, I mean, if 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 he's going to play it out and not get it, you know, not extend, not get an extension or whatever, cool. Like, it's right. a pretty good deal for him, you know. And but it also makes it can make it a little tricky to trade him. Like, if it comes down to that, some teams gonna have to pay him at least <laughs> I don't seven point. Dude, you have to think about oh, it now. God. Five years ago, people were just like, "Oh man, Jack Eichel, saber forever." Like, they'll never trade him. They never. No bad things will happen. Well, Ugh. look what happened. Well, you you might be in the same boat with Darlene, but because you've set yourself up for it. 
Now, if you want to keep control of them, the Sabres should have been asking for two because then you, you can figure out what he's at, you know, what he is, you know, what's going on with him. Because I think there's still questions as to like what, how good, how, what level of a defenseman he's going to be just because they screwed up that, <laughs> they screwed that development part up completely with Ralph Kruger. But I mean, but at least then you're, you're like, okay, we can see what he's like after two years. If he's the stud that we expected him to be eight years like immediately, just get it done, get it taken care of right then and there. So you don't get Sue banned and you have to end up paying him like 11 or 12 million a year. Um, and then you don't have to worry about him asking out immediately after two years. This time, three years pushes him a year away from UFA. And if he wants out, you got to trade him right away. Like you have no, you have, you have no ability to, to really work that because he'll just be like, yeah, I'll take my qualifying offer. I'll walk like that. That's that. Like you have, you have to move them at that point. Like they should have done it with Reinhardt probably sooner. Right? They, they did. Okay. With the deal, they, they got their first round pick. Like it's not going to be a good one. Florida's Florida might end up winning the division mm-hmm. and they got a, they got a goalie prospect, which he played seven really good games at world juniors last year. How good is he? No idea. Is he good? Ah, no idea. Like we'll find out, but like, when it, when it comes to this though, like you you've you've created you've created possibly the same situation again three years down the road, and that's nuts. It's nuts that you put yourself in that spot now. And I think I think this is where it'd be it'd be good to know what Darlene wanted. Like, did he want long term, or did he just say like, nah, let's just keep it short? If I'm his agent, I'm just like, nah, man, keep it keep it short. Well, you know, if we got to bully our way out of town, then we'll do it. But like, I would not like who. Who in their right mind is going to commit long term to this team right now? Kyle Oppo. Why would you? <laughs> yeah, not, but not. he did it back when there was hope. Like there, you know, they had Eichel. Like things were on the up and up. Yeah. <laughs> like that's like that's uh, it. Like that's you know. And Kyle's got what one, two more years left. Oh my poor God. guy. Like Jesus. Like I mean, at this point, Kyle, Kyle's got to be thinking like, man, if I didn't love hockey so much, maybe I just friggin' retire. Just call it. Just <laughs> like that's enough already. I don't. I don't need this. But I mean, man, oh man, it's it's very difficult to find a light at the end of the tunnel with this group right now, and it's not any fault of the players on the team. It's literally not their fault. Like, it's not on them. It's on everybody else who's put this all together and who's taken it apart. That's why I hate this franchise with such a deep passion right now. Because you're right, it's not their fault. It's not Dylan Cousins' fault or Casey Middlestat's fault that all of a sudden these guys, one of them two, need to be the number one center this year when neither of them are ready to be a number one center. They mm-hmm. have a number one center, and they couldn't get them right. It's not their fault that they have a, a really good winger or center, top six player for sure, Sam Reinhart, and they couldn't keep him happy. You're right. It's not their fault. They're getting mm-hmm. forced into bigger roles than they should have to embrace this year because this organization is just completely and utterly inept, and it couldn't keep their core players Wanting to be here. That's not Cousins' fault. It's not Middlesat's fault. It's not Darlene's fault. It's not Yoki Haro's fault. I have one more question for you. Then I want to move on to our, our starting five draft. We'll, we'll spend next week. By next week, we'll have a handful of Sabres practices. And we'll start to see what the line combinations look like. And then we can kind of break those down a little bit. So we'll save that for next week. But goaltending, uh, I mean, you, you mentioned Sam Ryan, our trade. Devin Levi, he, he, he ain't playing. He's not going to factor in this year, certainly, with the Sabres. Do you think UPL's got like a legitimate, just as good as any of the other goalies chance of, of making this opening roster and starting 
opening night. I mean, you got Craig Anderson, you got Aaron Dell, and you got Dustin Tokarski, and of course, UPL. I felt like maybe he was a year away, or he should be. Again, he should be a year away, mm-hmm. but they didn't keep Olmark, so maybe he's not a year away. Maybe yeah. he's only a month or a couple weeks away, even if he's not, even if he shouldn't be. Do you think he legitimately is very much in the mix as it seems like he is to be the opening night goalie? And do you think he should be right now at this stage of his career in that mix? In a perfect world, I think he should be in the mix. This is, I mean, this has been a less than perfect setup for him, you know, double hip Mm -hmm. surgery coming out of, you know, coming out of juniors um, COVID year where he, you know, he got bounced up and down and all around and like, they just try to find ways to get him more games, period. Last year was a mess just with, you know, he's, you know, started off playing in Finland while things were still quiet here. Then he came over, gets banged up at the end of the year, which stinks. And then, uh, you know, he got a couple NHL games, which is good. You want to see where he's at. I, I've, I've said from the start, I believe the opportunity is there for him to make the team right away. Um, you know, Aaron Dell was terrible last year. I, you know, Super nice guy, but like he was not, not good last year. The Sharks were Sharks were pretty bad. I think he was on the Sharks. I think it was the Sharks, but, um, but he was bad. Like it just there's no way to there's no way to get around that he was bad. Now, hey, if he steps up and has a you know turns it around, cool. But you don't feel bad if you got to send him to Rochester. Like he's got a minimum minimum contract. But you also don't feel bad if you have to send UPL down for a little bit just to get him some games and get him some of that action just to get get him better going. Because, again, Aaron Dell and Craig, you know, you've already you've picked a guy who is close to retiring to be one of your goalies in Anderson. And you, you got Aaron Dell because he just has some experience. He's got NHL experience, like fine, whatever. But I, to me, the opportunity is absolutely there for UPL to, to make a run at, I don't know, necessarily being the starter right away, but certainly being 1B. Um, cause I think him, you know, Anderson, I, there's no way Anderson's going to play like 65 games this year. Like, that's impossible. Um, and I don't think he wants that burden either. Like this, he knows he's coming in to be kind of like a mentor and to also play games and, you know, you know, he's, he's earned that he's a vet. He can do it. You know, he, he gets what he wants there, but, um, but to me, the opportunity is absolutely there for UPL. Um, it's, it's unfortunate that they played back to back days in the, uh, the prospect challenge. Um, because it would have been nice to get UPL two games there, I think, just to get a better idea. Um, but they, they had to make sure the Sabres didn't run up against the Bills game on Sunday. So I get it. I understand. So like, that's fine. Get it done. But like, I want to see as much Lucan in, in preseason as possible, just to know what he's about, like to, to see if he can be ready. And like, it, because if he plays really well, I think he plays his way onto the team. Um, but if they see some things that they don't see sitting right, you can start him in Rochester and then play him for a bit and then hold it down. You know your team's not going to be good. You don't really fear playing Aaron Dell or Craig Anderson for a bunch while Lukanen gets ready because you just know you're, know you're not going to have a good team. You know you're not winning a lot of games. So, like, there's no real stress there. Fans are stressed about it. I get it because you're just kind of like, what the hell are they going to do with these guys? But, like, I don't know. It's it, it's so – this is again, it's not the player's fault. Like – you know, like it's not their fault, but like they're gonna get killed for for if they play poorly, they're gonna get absolutely killed for it. People are gonna be like, "Why don't we have a goaltender?" Blah blah blah. Like they don't have anybody. Like <laughs> they they got nobody. They got two guys that they're building their future around, and they they're both under twenty one years old. Like yeah. Well, 
Craig Anderson feels to me like the absolute poster child of who should be a goalie on a team that's destined to finish dead last in the league, or maybe bottom three in the league. He just feels like the perfect fit for this hockey team right now. Like I said, next week, I want to spend some time talking about some line combinations because we'll start to get a little bit of a feel. Mm-hmm. And also, and I want to because I want to save this for next week because I want to spend more time discussing this. I want to have a discussion with you about the business consequence of this offseason and this team being complete shit. You know, we talk about the standings. That's fine and dandy. Next week, I want to talk about you lose Jack or, or you're going to lose Jack. You're certainly losing the PR battle with him already. Mm-hmm. You lose Sam. You lose Olmark. COVID. People are poor. You know, it's the, uh, the, the effect that we think this is going to have when it comes to attendance. Mm-hmm. And we'll add the vaccination factor in as well. So I want to save that for next week. What kind of negative effect, the consequence of, of putting out a really shitty product. We'll save that for next week. But this week, I want to end like we always do with our starting five draft. By the way, I'm starting to really enjoy this win or lose. I mean, we, we, we <laughs> I was going to say, we, you're we liking it more now. Right. Well, yeah, it's easy because I, I am on a, a two-week winning streak. Thank you very much. Do my little celebratory move here. But uh, in all seriousness, I do like it is starting on, on Twitter to, to like pick up steam. Like people are talking about our, uh-huh. our picks more and more. And the engagement is getting up there, which, of course, that's the purpose. That's the meaning of why we like doing this to begin with. So it's getting fun and people are starting to notice. And it, I'm really enjoying that. Last week we did uh, 21st century comedies. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I won two in a row. Hashtag winning streak. What was what was the, the final vote tally? The like final the vote. T- I had 59%. Um, I took, to recap, I took, <laughs> I took the stupid. office, office, 30 Rock, Parks and Rec, Chappelle Show, Schitt's Creek. Uh, Joe had 41%. He took Arrested Development. Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Archer, and Letter Kenny. I said it last week, and, I, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it again. I, I liked your team a lot, especially your first three picks. I actually, I don't know anything about Archer, so, and I told you this last week, so that's I, your fault. Can't comment. <laughs> sure. And Letter Kenny, I am a fan of. I, I, I think you had a few picks. Those last two that I think were more critical picks, like people who watch those shows, love those shows, and would agree with you. The masses, the people who are kind of like the casual fans, don't really connect or even know those shows. Kind so of like how you for, picked Parks and Rec, and you don't really like the show. <laughs> I like the show. You don't I like really the show. Like it. What 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 I got criticized, like the criticism that came with my picks. Well, two of them, Chappelle's show. People were like, "Well, that's kind of a sketch show more than anything." Kind of like Saturday Night Live, comedy. which means a comedy, right? In Shit's Creek. Some people were saying it's it's more of a drama than a comedy, no, which I completely and utterly it's two disagree. Two premier with. comedy people in starring roles, and then Daniel right. Levy broke out as like a huge comedy guy. So yeah, yeah, the show was funny as hell, man. It was touching and heartwarming and charming and all that shit. But at the end of the day, it's a fucking comedy. So right. I don't know. Like I said, I I, I think Archer and Letter Kenny, Letter Kenny, just my. I think if there was connect. any doubt about this, I would have fought you on it very hard and been like, no, that is <laughs> no, absolutely not. But. Well, let's see what happens this week because we are doing Marvel Universe characters. And I want to stress these are movie characters from the movies, not characters, MCU, not characters from potentially, you know, just were the comics and stuff. Because quite frankly, I don't know shit about that. So, (laughs) and and I'm also, and I'm going to tell you this straight up too. I I picked this category this week for us, Joe, in part because 
like I talked about, I think this is a very popular category. Mm-hmm. I think this is a category that'll connect and resonate with fans. But I'm going to be completely honest with you. I have seen the Marvel Universe movies and I do like them, but I'm not upset. Like I'm not Del Reed. I'm, I don't, I don't live to watch these movies. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know a shitload about them. I don't know the origins, of a lot of the characters. All I know is that I've watched the movies and these characters that I'm going to select, I dig them. That's all I could say. I'm not going to have a lot of in-depth uh, analysis <laughs> on why I'm picking them. So I'm going to throw that out there ahead of time. But uh, So who went last? Oh, I had the office, obviously. I had yeah. the first pick last week. So you'll have the first I, one this week. Let's get it I going. do. So let's start it off. I, I feel like I got to go with the guy who started it all. I have to go with Iron Man. I think okay. Robert Downey Jr.'s portrayal of Iron Man is absolutely perfect. I, You know, uh, Tony Stark's a very troubled, very wealthy douchebag who has problems and he's figured it out i think downey was the absolute perfect guy to play that so i gotta go iron man number one Ooh, throw my what, a, around. what a great great career uh re, re, what a great career comeback i couldn't get the right word in my mind for, for mm-hmm. him to play that role you know what i mean it really it rejuvenated his career that's the word i was looking for um robert downey jr yeah. i agree that was number two on my list actually um i i, 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 I am gonna one and two were like it was a coin flip, but well, I, I, will, I went with Iron Man. I'm pretty sure that, your first pick is going to be the other one. I could no, see, I think you're wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I and this is going to be interesting. I I think this Marvel list. I think there's going to be a like a big discrepancy on where we have these rankings, and I think there'll be some that I have and you don't, and vice versa. And I mm-hmm. think the fans are going to have a lot to say about these with some that neither of us pick. I don't think there's a lot of consensus picks. Anyway. I'm not going with who I think you're going to. So if if that's the case, you're going to get your top two. <laughs> okay. I'm going with Thor. That's my first pick, all right? I love okay. Thor. Chris Hemsworth is great. Make, makes yeah. me laugh. He's such a big dude, but he's sneaky funny too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Home, Ragnar, Ragnarok. I love that movie. That might've yeah. been my favorite. That might've been my favorite non-Avengers where they're all together. Ragnarok's that might've been my fantastic. favorite single entity movie of all of them. So I love Thor. And then I'm kind of, uh, this is, I'm already struggling a little bit here because I, I really, I should have known I wasn't going to get Iron Man two or three, but I had Iron Man two. You know, I'm going to take Loki, man. He, he pulls at my wrestling heartstrings. Okay. Who doesn't love a, a heel who always teases being mm-hmm. good, but ultimately he always turns heel again. I like comedy in these, uh, in the Marvel universe. Dude is funny. I love the way he turns, you know, he gives you all this promise and open that ultimately he, I mean, he's had a lot of redemption as well in these movies, but yeah, mm-hmm. man, I'm going to, so I'm staying with that same group right there. So I got Thor and I got Loki. Wow. You've given me my top two. <laughs> I figured that you've given me my top two because my, my next pick is, uh, is Steve Rogers, Captain America. Yeah. I, I, I mean, listen, Civil War drove me nuts because you know, I've you know, read the comic and like nobody does the comic to the letter unless unless you're a crazy person like Zack Snyder who wants to do that all the time. But like I hated the way that turned out. But like it was just like, oh, OK, I get it. And it just seemed like seemed kind of cheesy, seemed like a kind of cheesy way to turn it on its ear. And I was like, mm, I don't like this. But maybe that's a, maybe that's a notch in the positive column for him. Like they they got a reaction out of me they win like they, they already got my money at the theater so like they won but um <laughs> the uh the next one i gotta go with Ch- i gotta go with chala black panther okay i i, I, I that portrayal of black i mean black panther's never really been done 
at, at all, like, you know, TV or movies before, but holy God almighty, he killed that role. He, he made it so that they're going to, they're going to have, like they said, they're going to move on. They're going to pick somebody else. Like they're going to have somebody fill that role. Good friggin' luck, man. Yeah, like, that's not you can't work. do that. Like, no, let it be, man. Just let it go. But yeah, cap cap and black Panther. All right. I'll, t- I'll tell you what, I, I had a feeling you were going captain America with your second. I just, I, in my notes, it's kind of funny. I actually wrote, I'm being honest here, a little overrated, but I can't not include him in a top five or, or, or top Cap's 10. Cap's overrated? Place. Yeah, I just, I don't know, Ooh. man. Steve Rogers just doesn't, he didn't do a lot for me. He's I don't corny. Know. Just, like, he's corny. Like, I get it. But like, I don't know, man. The elevator fight scene in uh, Winter Soldier. Holy shit, dude. That's incredible. <laughs> we're we're not even, we're at about the halfway point of this draft and it's already starting to sink into me. And this might be the earliest of any of the drafts we've done. That <laughs> I think my two match winning streak is about, I think it's ready to come to a fucking screeching halt right here. Um, all right. So I got two here. You know, this is another one. I'm oh, taking man. Spider-Man. I'm taking Spider-Man. All right. Okay. I, I, and the reason why, and I'm, I shouldn't do this because I mean, I explicitly said this is movie characters only, mm-hmm. but. You know, I grew up loving Spider-Man as a kid. It was my favorite comic book. I didn't read, like, I wasn't much into comic books, okay? So I didn't read the comics often. But that is one I did read. I was just obsessed with him as a young kid. The cartoons, Mm -hmm. the comics. So I'm just completely staying true to my roots with that pick. Quite frankly, I don't even know who the hell the actor is that plays Spider-Man in these latest (laughs) movies. But I like the character, (laughs) man. I'm rebooted it too many damn times. That's the thing. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a big... uh, I'm a big Spider-Man guy, so I'm gonna go Spider-Man, and then, uh, well, I, I come on, I, I can't not call the ultimate heel Thanos. I gotta go Thanos. I, I, he's the ultimate heel, man. I mean, every great franchise, every great movie needs that heel, and mm-hmm. he's it. And uh, yeah, is it yeah, is it weird know. that you kind of felt sympathy for Thanos in that? Yeah. Like you're just kind of like, yeah, I know he's trying to kill half the universe, but. I kind of understand where he's and coming he, from. Yeah, he, he felt weird. a little bit humane. He he came across as being at least a little bit humane, but I don't know. I, I'm that guy, Joe, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. even when I was a kid, I mean, it's common for us to do it as adults, but I keep going back to wrestling here. I liked the bad guys, even when I was a kid, man. I liked, I wanted the Iron Sheik to beat Bob Becklin, man. I, I liked Ravishing yeah. Rick Rude. I liked Jake mm-hmm. the Snake Roberts when he was just a demonic bad guy. Maybe I'm just fucked up in the head, man, but that's how I've always been. I, I like the heels. So, and I, and Loki, which is kind of a heel, at least Eddie, we and Thanos, two of my four picks are heels. All right. So you got, you've picked three. So you got your last two here. My last two here. I got to go. Don't take mine. <laughs> mm. See, this is where it gets, I don't know. This is, this is tricky because like there's, there's a couple of big names that are there and I just don't know if I like them that much. Which is is kind of weird, but um, hmm, I got it. You know, I got one clear one, so there's not a debate yeah. to me if you don't take it. It's for me. I have one like fresh in my mind. You know what? Um, I'm gonna do these out of the order that I was thinking of them in, but uh, my next one's gonna be Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier. Okay, that's a good pick. I, that's I like a, that. That's a. There's so much weird depth with with Bucky Winter mm-hmm. Soldier. Like, there's a like to me the Winter Soldier, Captain America, the Winter Soldier is the best. 
is the best movie out of all of them. Like I love Ragnarok. Winter Soldier is the best one to me. Like that's that is a knockout, perfect spy movie type thing. Like that's that movie freaking kicks all kinds of ass. Um, okay. My last one. I'm gonna go Rocket Raccoon. Whoa, that's a that's a sleeper pick there. Going okay. way out of going way out of bounds with that. Uh, and I I really liked. There's a lot about Guardians of the Galaxy that's weird, and I didn't really like Star Lord like that. Like I just yeah, something he was so good in Parks and Rec, and I was just kind of like yeah. I'm tired of him. I'm just kind of like eh, Chris Pratt. It I'm felt like Andy. Him. It felt it felt a little bit, at least the first one especially. It felt a little bit like Andy Dwyer from Parks and Rec was just playing him as a character, yeah. as Andy Dwyer. In and he wasn't, you know, you know I mean? like to me, he's not he's not a really overly lovable character i mean like they it, it seems forced to make him lovable and i'm like i ain't down with that rocket rocket's my perfect like toss in character just he's mayhem he's he's lunacy he's just the bradley cooper's voice on that is so good and then they, you know like the last movie they got kind of down to the heart with him you got you started feeling a little bit for rocket like that was cool so yeah. like yeah um those two picks might kill it for me but like i i pretty much stand by it all right, well, that's fair. I'm pick. All right, so I, this is my last one, and I'm gonna just keep this short and sweet, okay? <laughs> I'm picking Black Widow, and I'm only, and I mean literally only, I am obsessed with Scarlett Johansson, okay? Mm-hmm. If someone else played her, I wouldn't give a shit. I certainly would be on my top five list, but if I'm gonna go down uh, and, and I'm gonna die on a hill, this is a hill I'm willing to die on. I absolutely love her. I have to pick literally because of her and i'm looking at this list right now you know what would have played well for if we were fishing even if we don't do it we're at least fishing for uh for votes sometimes even if we Mm. don't think we are what would have been uh what would have been a perfect pick for this poll would have been groot yeah i say that i say that because of gregory Rizzo and his nickname groot so i think we would have gotten a lot of bills fans who would have (laughs) voted just for groot let me recap I, who we did take. I'm, and then I'm going I'll... back over it now. I kind of good. I'm having like a an instant regret of picking Rocket because I was just thinking like because the the other person I was thinking like I went more with just like who I enjoyed more, not just like who the best one was. Mm-hmm. And the one I may regret is uh, Scott Lang, Ant Man. Like Ooh, I didn't, I didn't one. take him, and like now I'm immediately like, how do I deny Paul Rudd? Paul Rudd's so handsome. Like, you know, like he's so funny. He's handsome. He's great. It's no, give me the, give me the cartoon raccoon. <laughs> I was, I was going to say there were two or three well-known names yeah. that neither of us selected. Ant-Man, certainly one of them. Dr. Carol Strange, Danvers, Dr. Captain Strange, Marvel. another one. Yeah. Hulk. Nobody picked Hulk. That, because that the movie up. stunk. Yeah. The movie is so bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's You're not, right. it's not terrible, but it's not good. I think Star-Lord is going to, I, I agree with you. I didn't particularly love Star Lord, but I do mm-hmm. think some people I, I think in her in the engagement with this poll will uh will certainly bring him up. But anyway, yeah. all right, so let's recap these. So Joe selected Iron Man, Captain America, Black Panther, Bucky Barnes, and Rocket Raccoon. I selected Thor, Loki, Spider Man, Thanos, and Black Widow. This, this might is be good. This this, is good. I think I think it tightened up. I think you getting Captain America, Iron Man, and Black Panther first three picks 
suggested this is going to be a runaway. Mm-hmm. But I, I agree. I, and I like and I like your philosophy of picking characters that do it for you. But Bucky Barnes, Rocket Raccoon, we'll see how they play out with the audience. Um, you picking mine, Thanos might might get you slapped around a little bit. It, it probably will. And also Black Widow, too. And I'm all right with that. I'll accept that, though. Look, I literally... One last quick hot take here. This is how much I like Scarlett <laughs> Johansson. All right, so you probably have been following the Marvel movies from when they first started. I would assume that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For the most part. Okay, well, I didn't watch the first... I don't know when they first started, but I can tell you this. I didn't even watch the first seven or eight of these. I only started watching them. In fact, I never watched any of them until I moved to Florida. So this has all been within the last five to six years. Mm-hmm. I binge watched them. The first series of them. And then I've actually been in the movies for the last few. Scarlett Johansson is the reason why I started watching them. I never probably would have watched not watched them were it not for her. That's how much I, I'm like in love and obsessed with Scarlett Johansson. I, just because she's hot. Not even as a talent. She's just <laughs> that fucking hot, man. I, I, can, I can respect you sticking to your guns there. I just... It feels like Black Widow was just always misused or underused. And I haven't seen, I haven't seen the new movie yet. Like I've been, been putting a lot of comic movies on like pause lately. Cause it's just like, sometimes it's just a bit much, right. but like, I don't know. It's like throughout all the movies, it's just like, she's kind of thrown in. It's like, Hey, come do some cool kicks and shoot some people and be cool. Like, all right, that's nice and all like, she has the whole thing with the Hulk, you know, she's the only one that can like keep the Hulk calm down and, all that, but like, it just seems she's kind of tagged along. It's just like, here, you're, yeah, I agree. Like that's, I agree. I don't know. That's not fair. And that's not fair because that's the way they write it. Like that's, that's the theme of this week's show. It's not fair to them. (laughs) It's it's not their fault. Like that's not their fault. That's just the way, that's just the way. Oh my God. It took to the very last 30 seconds of this podcast. (laughs) I've told you this before that I always, I, I don't know what the title of a, of a podcast is always going to be until after I tape it. And I mm-hmm. wasn't quite sure. Then we were going to talk Bill Sabres to our draft, but how about casual Friday? It's not their fault. <laughs> yeah. That's just as <laughs> with Joe Yurden. That is absolutely <laughs> perfect. I love it. That it's not their fault. <laughs> well, we'll see how it plays out. Maybe word will get back to Scarlett that I voted for her and then you know she'll be happy and she'll that'll, call you one that'll make my day. I doubt it though. But anyway, <laughs> all right. This was fun. So next week we'll recap a little bit anyway. Bills Washington. We'll look forward to the Houston game. We'll spend a lot of time talking Sabres again. We'll have a handful of practices in. We'll start to get a little bit of an idea of what they're doing with the lines. We'll see if anything changes on the Jack Eichel front. I doubt it. We'll have a new starting five. Always a fun time. You know what? And hopefully, I also need to thank Casey's BlackRock. We haven't been there to tape a show in a couple weeks. Maybe next week will be a good week to, certainly soon, to get get some wings and have some of those Utica Club beers that I think you and I might be the only people in Western New York who like pounding them. But anyway... (laughs) Thanks as always, Joe. This was a good time, man. Always fun. Always fun. And glad we got glad we got to duke it out a little bit. <laughs>